0: This is Lifelinks with a DL link. 101.9
1: hi fm welcome to it this is the dl link show where we connect you through insights information and illumination i'm nikki seberini and i'm very happy to be with you for the next hour we've got such a fabulous show lined up for you and um, today we're going to start off the show really revving you up and getting you very very excited about something that is coming up this year Um, we made a huge thing about it it last year it was hugely successful and well as we know time flies the clock ticks and I'm delighted to announce that the Jerusalem marathon is really just around the corner happening in March in Jerusalem um, we sent a team the deal link center team last year as I said it was so well supported by the community and you know for those of you who don't know Israel is turning 70 years old this year So the DL link, as they always do, have set their standards just a little bit higher. They're always striving further and higher. And um, this year, they are hoping to send a team of 70 runners. And the question is, are you going to be one of them? Can you? And maybe at this point, so early on in the year, you're thinking, there's no way I'm not fit. I don't have my head in the right place. And I think that uh, our ambassador for today's show may very well change your life because He has been on a most extraordinary journey Not only did he run the Jerusalem Marathon last year He ran, he cycled in the 94.7 Challenge this year And all representing the DL Link, I might add And I beg your pardon, uh, 94.7 last year And this year he's going to be running in the Jerusalem Marathon Yet again for the DL Link And I'm talking about Jason Winnick Jason, welcome to the show Thanks so much for your time
2: Thank you very much, Nikki. Thank you.
1: So for those people, Jason, who are listening and thinking, oh, you know, it's a pipe dream. I mean, it sounds fantastic. I'm not fit enough. There's no way I can get there. You've got quite a story to tell.
2: Yeah, I do. I do, Nikki. So I mean, let me take you through it quickly. So um, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, um, I, I was very overweight, uh, very unfit. I was smoking. This wasn't in a really healthy place right. in, my, in, in my life. And uh, I decided to make some changes. Uh, I decided to, to get running. Now running when you when you're unfit and uh, out of shape really doesn't seem like the thing like anybody wants to do. Sure. But strangely enough, once you get into it, you start loving it, and then you get that that running bug, which uh, which I've had probably for the last uh, last uh, two or three years. So uh, in in the last two or three years, I've lost uh, twenty two kilos. Wow. I've reshaped uh, reshaped my life. Um, and I started really slowly. So, so yes, I mean, if you talk about the Jerusalem Marathon and how daunting that sounds, it is daunting, but it's not undoable. I mean, you, you can most certainly do it. The, uh, you know, the Jerusalem Marathon has a, has a 42 kilometer race. It's got a 21. It's got a 10. And it's even got a five kilometer, kilometer walk. But, you know, as I say, anybody, anybody can run. If I could have done it, anybody can.
1: You know, Jason, I mean, that is hugely inspirational. The idea of me running is sometimes a little bit scary, but so many people are doing it and the results are just fantastic. I mean, there's so much science behind what running just does for your stress levels. You talk about the runner's high. Do you find that it's helped, never mind the weight and all the achievements um, that have come with it, in terms of dealing with stress? Are you finding that your running's helping in terms of that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's... Uh you think of you think about past that work, or you think of uh, you know anything that's going on in your life. You need you need to clear your mind, and I find that uh, you know running, either running on your own or running in a group, uh, it just clears your mind. It's 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 hard work. It's tough out there, mm. but I think when you're running and you and you're thinking about things that you've that you've done that you've got to make decisions on, it's absolutely the best way to do it, without a doubt.
1: So, Jason, what um, what was the distance you ran in the marathon last year?
2: So I ran the 42 kilometers. Wow. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, 42 kilometers is a long way to go. Um, the, uh, the, the race itself, I mean, is, is I, I think it's rated as as one of the top three, top hardest three races in the world. Sure. Um, as you know, you know, Jerusalem is, is all about hills. Right. It's either up, uphill or downhill. Um, you know, if I reflect on some of the things that, that this run, that this one had was, I mean, you run through the cities, you run through some of the Arab towns, you run up Mount Scopus. And I mean, if you want to understand what running up Mount Scopus feels like, imagine a set of stairs, Wow. just a couple of kilometers of stairs. That's mm-hmm. really the, the, uh, you know, the, how high those, uh, how high those mountains go that you run up. But saying that, you know, you were a couple of, a couple of thousand runners. I think there was about 40,000 runners in the Jerusalem Marathon. all of the different, uh, Different kilometers. You see every single person from Jerusalem on the side of the road, screaming, and shouting. You know, it gives you cold shivers when, oh, amazing. Uh, when uh, you know, when you run around a corner and there's people that you don't know, are screaming, and shouting for you. You know, and then adding on to that, all the people around the world. Uh, you know, you meet a whole lot of people from all over. I mean, it's not just Israelis that run it. Um, and then uh, you know, it's pros. It's from the pros to people like myself who are just out there to run and have fun. Um, and like I say, tough run. Um, I ran for uh, TL Link, as, uh, as, as, as you mentioned right at the beginning. And uh, I, had, uh, I had four people's names on my back. Um, and uh, those four people, you know, when it got to really tough times, I was thinking about them. And, and to be quite frank, it's, sure. it's those individuals that actually drove me up those hills. So it, it was absolutely an amazing, amazing
1: experience. Well, that's the whole thing with running with the DL Link. It's taking something that's already extraordinary and it's just adding so much more meaning to it. So, Jason, the, how, how how did you come to the DL Link and the four names that you were running um, for that were on your back? Did, did you know these people? Maybe you can just fill us in.
2: So, so, so firstly, DL Link. I mean, DL Link's been around, uh, around for a while. And, and to be quite frank with you, uh, you know, I was never really part of the DL Link until I started running and then understood, uh, you know, that I could run for them in, in, in Jerusalem and doing something that I love doing and, uh, you know, just adding a lot of value to other people's lives. So, right. so, so I got involved in the organization. Um, I went out there and I met, uh, I met, um, I met three of the people that I was running for, which was, uh, Norman Brayton, Taron Goldberg and myself, Utah, who was actually a cousin of mine. Um, so I, I ran in their names, um, and uh, yeah, it was just just absolutely, absolutely amazing. I and mean, GL Link as an organization, if you haven't gotten close to it and, and you haven't tried to understand what they actually do, it's an amazing story. This is a non-profit organization that's looking after just ahead of 650 families who, who are in some way affected by cancer, and the things that they do, whilst they seem little things, they're just so important to those, those, those um, battling with cancer. Just little things like they'll arrive at your house on a Friday with challah. They will go to your house and bring you dinner. They will even work with your kids. So if you're if you're suffering and you just have chemo, as an example, uh, Link or the you know is 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 there to support you, to, to even take your kids to school or to your kids' homework because, you know, you, you, you're unable to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really are last lifestyle support organization, which yeah. helps families and just makes their lives better, it helps them, you know, recover
1: quicker. Absolutely, absolutely Jason um, I remember I attended the event um, Last year after the Jerusalem Marathon and just um, people Standing up who had run And those who whose names You know, they, they, they had been on the Backs, their names had been on the backs of Runners and just how Collectively um, the impact That that made on the runners, on the Cancer warriors, on the organization On the community yeah, yeah. It, it's, it really is a privilege to Be able to, well for me to represent them for you to represent them for our community it's just it is a wonderful wonderful thing so for the person who's listening right now jason and they yes. sort of entertaining the thought should they shouldn't they what do you have to say to them
2: sure so, so let, let's put it this way when i ran for these uh, these individuals and i'll talk specifically on uh, norman Brayton, and when i met him for the first time and i told him that i was running on his behalf and i showed him my shirt and his name behind there he was in tears, mm. and and it just means so much because these guys battle, and um, you know they, they, they battle every day. And I chose to battle on one race, and yeah. I chose to to really go out there and, and uh, do what they do every day. But I did by choice. Mm. So, my, so my so my view to answer your question is, you know, if you, if you're thinking of running this, do it. It's it's absolutely amazing, and it's you know it's in a couple it's in a couple of months time and everybody can get fit for that. You can go out there, you can do whichever race you want, whether it's a five K walk or the or the ten or twenty one or even the forty two if you are fit or, or planning to get fit. But it is the most amazing experience that I've ever, ever, ever experienced in my life. <laughs> having people behind you, having the support, having the you know, doing something that you enjoy doing and and, and doing it for for an amazing um, for an amazing cause. I mean, to put it into perspective, just from people, uh, there, there were 50 of us that ran it, and the 50 of us, through donations, uh, um, we, we collected just over 350,000 rand. Gee whiz. Um, yeah. So, just so amazing.
1: amazing. Oh, Jason.
2: Yeah, so, so we need more this year. Yeah. Uh, we need, you know, we, we're, want to, we're wanting to get to at least 70, as you mentioned earlier, for, for Israel's 70th birthday, um, but I want more than 70. I mean, I want <laughs> everyone to just get along, get a pair of tackies and... You know, start walking around the blocks. Let's see Glen Hazel get full, full of people who are not necessarily runners, but want to run for a great cause. And that's really where I am. I'm not a, I'm not a runner. Uh, i thought as is not a runner, and I still don't consider myself as a runner. But I love it. I enjoy it. And uh, and this is a great opportunity to do something for others, um,
1: yeah. fantastic Amazing. listen Jason in my book you are a superstar runner um and thank you so thank much you. for coming onto the show for inspiring other people what a what a life-changing event it's been for you and as you know as you said since you started running as well all the best for your training for your prep and for your time in Jerusalem thank you so much Jason take care
2: excellent thank you very much thanks uh, thanks
1: you Bye-bye. Jason Winnick, who is our ambassador for the uh, the marathon, the Jerusalem marathon, the DL Link, are putting a team together. Hopefully you are inspired and you can call the DL Link directly on 011-485-3269, 011-485-3269. Come on, you can do it.
0: This is LifeLinks with a DL Link.
1: Welcome back. Um, this is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination coming to you on 101.9 High FM. And um, so excited about the Jerusalem Marathon and really just an opportunity to push your boundaries. That's what life is about every now and then, don't you think? Well, our next guest certainly pushes his boundaries um, on every level and he's doing it for such a wonderful cause. You know, it's easy to read the newspaper Paper or to listen to the radio sometimes and be filled with bad news but I think it's just very often the bad news that's reported because this world really really is filled with phenomenal people who are doing good things all the time. So we try and bring you the good stories um, and the lead of this story is Donny Burt, who's the editor of Leisure Wheels um, and he got together and just did incredible things for fundraising, for children's cancer, um, for children who are every day waking up and battling and really the, the cancer and children should never ever ever be said in one word but the reality is it is a growing um, uh, um illness um, not only in south africa and it's around the world more and more children unfortunately are being diagnosed so donny didn't just sit back um he went out pushed boundaries and um he did some wonderful things for children for cancer and he's on the line with us today just to share his story and exactly what he did so donny welcome to the show lovely lovely to have you on the dl link
3: Thank you very much, man.
1: So, Donnie, just very quickly, what is Leisure Wheels? What What is this mag? Uh,
3: Leisure Wheels is an uh, adventure and motoring magazine. It's been around for about twenty years, and uh, we cover every kind of motoring adventure, so from overlanding to interesting trips across the country and so on. So, anything on four wheels and sometimes two wheels that we that we cover.
1: What a terrible job you have! So boring. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not always as easy as that. That's. Uh, sometimes you have the deadlines to deal with and, and so on, but yeah, it's overall it's not a bad job at all.
1: Okay, so you are I mean, we can say quite firmly that you are an adventure seeker. So where on earth did you come to the idea of um, putting some kind of adventure trip together for children who are battling cancer?
3: Well, it started about four years ago. Um, my nephew lived in Cape Town and he was about 30 years old and he um, I'll, I'll tell the story very really briefly, but mm-hmm. he picked up a problem, a medical problem, and he didn't have a medical aid, so he was subjected to the the government system. Mm-hmm. And it took many months and many doctors and many visits to finally figure out that he had um, pancreas, cancer of the pancreas. <sighs> and by that stage, it was too late, so they just the they, only thing they could do for him was to send him home. So, that, and he died probably about a week later. Oh, terrible. So, the the whole thing is, you know, cancer is obviously a very bad disease for everyone. But if you don't have a medical aid, it's even worse. So, you know, you, you don't have a, you, sometimes you have a good chance, but often, more often than not, the chances are not very good at all. Mm. So, since I don't swim in the waters with sharks and I don't ride bicycles and those kind of things, and I do drive cars, um, a couple of us came up with the idea of Trying to drive through seven countries in seven days, covering seven thousand kilometres, and then in each country we stop at a hospital and, and give the kids some some gifts. Um, and then the first year, it was now three years, four years ago, mm-hmm. we um, we didn't do much, you know, media, you know, preparation or anything. We just first wanted to see if it's actually possible, right. and we got into Kia Sorento, and yeah, we did it: seven thousand k's in, in seven days in seven sure. countries.
1: Sure. Let's just put this into perspective. I think it's about what fourteen hundred k's to Cape Town, right? So we're in Joburg right that, now, and usually, I mean, right you, you can do it in a day. But if we do, I mean, I'm going to be road tripping down, and I'm staying overnight, so it's a bit of a comfortable drive. So you're 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 doing five of those in seven days.
3: Yeah, well, that is be, yeah, that's correct.
1: That's very hectic. That that must be pretty exhausting.
3: Yeah, I must say the, 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 the first year we learned a couple of lessons, lessons and so on, and the routes obviously are very important. Um, the first day we did 1,800 kilometers um, sure. from start to finish. And um, the other thing that's also a bit of challenging you know, in Africa, it, it's one thing if you drive on the N1 highway, 1,400 kilometers, but in rural Africa there's always buses and animals on the road. And we also, because of the, the long days, um, we average 1,000 kilometers a day for seven days. So we have to drive at night too. So we start at four o'clock in the morning. So then you have we've had elephants on the road and people and trucks broken down without lights. So it's 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 quite an adventure.
1: Hmm. Not for the faint-hearted, Donny. <laughs> Tell us about the seven hospitals that you visited. Tell us about the children who see these dusty-looking men walk into their hospital wards and and how you've all responded to one another. <sighs>
3: Um, yeah, yeah. The first year was, was quite emotional because you know, you know, all of us we have our own kids too, mm-hmm. and um, walking into hospital and seeing a a little four, five year old with, with obvious you know injuries and suffering, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and then we you just have to kind of you know pull it back and just hand out some gifts and see the smiles appear, and it all makes it worth it, you know. And then just wait until you're outside to to uh, to release some of that emotion, mm-hmm. but um, it's. You know, we always wish we can do more. You know, because a little gift is not always enough. But least is something. Um, another interesting thing was the different hospitals in the different countries. You know, some, for instance, um, some of the countries have actually got very good facilities for the kids, um, while others have all the equipment but no no people to run the actual equipment. So it's a, sometimes it's quite sad. Just the 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 kids don't have the backing that they deserve. <laughs>
1: So what are you doing besides driving and um, going and meeting them and giving gifts and, and I'm you know I'm sure just putting a huge smile on their faces? Is there is there more you can do? Because I mean we we're in South Africa. We talk about what's happening in South Africa. You're going from country to country. Are you learning? Are you passing the information? Is are people aware of it? Is it fundraising? I mean, it must be quite frustrating for you.
3: Yeah, well we we've tied up with um, local non profit organizations um to to get money in for, for, for local kids. So um we partnered up with Cupcakes Cupcakes of Hope. Yeah. So it's they support children with cancer, families with cancer with no medical age, which is the, the aim from the start of, the, of our campaign. So we've we had some lovely support last year where we had people baking cupcakes and selling them for all for, for the towards the cause of the seven drive. And um we you know we got in more than fifty thousand dents last year, so mm. that money goes to the families, local families with no uh, medical aid mm. and kids with cancer mm.
1: and and Donny, um the seven places the seven thousand Ks, i mean, and you you've been doing it for three years now you say um are do you That's right. do you return to the same hospitals? Um, we new have returned to some time. of the
3: same hospitals, but sometimes we visit new ones. Okay. Um, you know, every time we, we learn something new and we hear, hear about something different. Um, it's also interesting just to see you know, different countries. For instance, in Masutu, um, one of our last stops normally, there is not a real focus on cancer. Um, AIDS is a huge problem there. So unfortunately, if a child does get sick often, it is just, you know, um, You know, diagnosed as as an age related sickness. So we try and um, go to places that we can, you know, do the best um, work with we can and hand out the the gifts there for the kids. Mm.
1: How's this changed your life, Donnie?
3: Well, it's um, made me appreciate (laughs) what I have a lot more. Mm. You see things, you know, in Africa where kids don't have. um, you know people don't even have toothbrushes. I mean they share a toothbrush in the family of four or five, mm. and then you realize how oh, lucky you really are to have what you have mm. um and also obviously your own kids you know to to be thankful that the that they do have the the health and so on mm. and um yeah, and it it actually kind of made us all try to do more and more, you know so for the next seven drives, we hopefully will go even bigger, reach more people
0: and so on.
1: Well, Donnie, please keep us updated. Um, you are adventurous uh, souls, but very generous souls. And um, thanks for bringing the stories and to the show and to our listeners. And keep, keep on with the, the wonderful work that you're doing. It's, it's been great, great having you on the show. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you very
3: much, and thank you for the
1: support. All the very best, thank you. That was Donny Boerter, um, editor of Leisure Wheel. So that is the Seven Drive. It was held last year from the 16th to the 22nd of September. Seven thousand kilometres in seven days. They went to Namibia, Botswana, Mozambique, Lesotho, and South Africa. Amazing pictures. I've seen the most heartwarming, uplifting videos of these little kids when they arrive at the at the hospitals. And these, some of these little kids shine And some of the little kids dancing And, you know, we have to share these stories all the time We have to stay awake um, sometimes we We get very comfortable in our lives, but we need to stay awake because the, the our our real mission in life is living and giving and um and and really doing whatever we can for others. So hopefully we bring that to you here on this wonderful show, the DL Link. We're going to take a break, we are going to be back. Um I have a wonderful cancer warrior who's connected to the 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 Seven Drive and she's going to be sharing her story with us. So don't go anywhere.
0: This is Lifelinks with a DL link.
1: Well, thank you for staying tuned. This is the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. We've been talking about the Jerusalem Marathon. We've been talking about an incredible initiative called the Seven Drive. And now I have um, on the line a cancer warrior who has fought many battles but continues to give and change people's lives. Margaret Pretorius, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So, Margaret, before we talk about your connection with the 7 Drive, um, because you are very intimately connected, um, tell us a little bit about your story, Margaret. Um, As you said, living a great life, everything going your way, and then all of a sudden you get a diagnosis. That changes everything. Yes, it
4: definitely changes everything unexpectedly. I was diagnosed in 2014 at the age of 34, and not realizing the impact it's going to have on my life. Um, but all the changes that had that happened in my life was drastic, and it definitely had to happen in order for me to appreciate the small things in life, taking it day by day in, and accepting that normal is good enough.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you said that you changed. There was a change um, when you went from why, asking the question why, the why me, um, and there was such a shift. Maybe you can expand on that.
4: Yes. The one morning I went to um, a treatment at the oncology ward, and that that specific morning, I decided that I'll go without my wig and just face the realities of life. And um, when I entered the oncology ward, walking towards the blood counter, I heard her, like call a little daughter and saying, "Look at the hundreds of stars," and um, I didn't.
1: Down, right? so me. Margaret, Margaret, this is such an important story, but I've, I feel like we're having a bit of a problem with this line. Um, maybe you can just repeat that if you don't mind. If it's not clear, we're going to call you back. Um, let's just go back. You were going to a chemo session. Um, you didn't have your wig on. Please continue with that.
4: Um so that morning I felt, um, at that moment I felt very self-conscious and I decided that I'm going to go without my wig. Mm. I went into the ecology ward reception and a lady called out to a little girl saying she must look at the aunt. Um, and I didn't really notice at that specific moment. Um, but after I let them draw blood, I went to this up to this lady and I asked her what, why did she put so much focus on me because I'm already self-conscious and now everyone's looking at me. Mm. So she I said, had told look... the little
1: girl to look at you? Yes, yes, okay. that's correct. Okay. Um, the little
4: girl at that stage still had some hair. Um, so she was fighting cancer, which I didn't realize at that moment. So when I approached the lady, she said, no, it's little Gemma um, is going to have treatment just now, and um, she's barely losing her hair. But um, because her sister's got longer, she doesn't want to let him shave off her hair. Oh. And it's really hurting her. Mm. So I went to sit in front of her and I asked her if I look ugly. And she didn't reply at all. She just nodded her head and said no. Mm. And a few minutes later, I asked her if she wanted to touch my body, And she just once again did an answer and she just touched my body, And then um, she turned her head to her mom and said, Mama, I want to ask upstairs." And that's the moment that I realized, um, why me? Then I realized it's rather than me. a little oh. body like that fighting such a
1: disease. Hmm. So <clears throat> she turned to her mother and she said, Mom, tonight you can cut off my hair. And that was after her feeling your your bald head and you just having the connection with her. What an incredible, incredible shifting story, Margaret. Did you yes. did you continue with your relationship with Gemma? I mean, did you find out if yes. she shaved off her head? What, what happened after that?
4: Yeah, so that same evening, I sent the WhatsApp to my friends because which is really quite expensive. Um, I said, this little girl is obviously going to shave off her head now. Uh, and um, let's get, gather some money to buy her a wig. Mm-hmm. So while I was sending this SMS, um, I received a picture from her mother um, where uh, her mother and herself shaved off the heads uh, that specific evening. And that same same evening, we gathered 50,000 rand to buy wigs and to make her, uh, to build her a little um, dollhouse at her house.
1: What a story. How how is Gemma?
4: So Gemma was fighting for two and a half years. And she's about, uh, for the last six months, she she is clean. And she's a beautiful little girl with long hair and enjoying life to the
1: fullest. Oh, Margaret, that's a lovely, lovely story. I love that story. Um, But And and as I said, changed so much for you because when you were diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer and you had to go and you had to have a mastectomy and you say you lost your hair um, and you said that that, that cancer brings about so many changes um, and you, you know, asking the question, why me? Um, And then you changed it to the rather me. I I hope you don't mind because we asked you to write one or two things down. I hope you don't mind if if you allow, if, if I read out what you wrote when you said cancer is so limited. What cancer cannot do, it cannot cripple love. It cannot shatter hope. It cannot corrode faith. It cannot destroy peace. It cannot kill friendship. It cannot shut out memories. It cannot silence courage. It cannot invade the soul. It cannot steal eternal life. It cannot conquer the spirit. How long, Margaret, did it take you to stand up and say those words, or write those words down with absolute conviction? How long into your journey did you feel that?
4: Um, I must be quite honest. During my journey, I definitely didn't feel that. But after the journey and after the fact, that's definitely all the things that come up. And and that's the things that pull you through. And that's the things that you know cannot touch at all. You just go on with life and focus on the important stuff in life.
1: And your family, you spoke about incredible support from family and friends. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah. So every morning um, I went to school, read dental sessions. And 12 normal chemo sessions. And you're thinking that asked you that you must not have too many people surround you when you sit on chemo. And I didn't tell anyone which days I went. But every single time I went for chemo, there was between four and ten people waiting for me, sitting to chat with me for two and a half hours to three hours.
1: Sure.
4: Um, without me asking any questions.
1: How, how did how did that make you feel?
4: It made, me, it made me realize in life, we think people don't care, but actually they do. And it was just so busy, but if they realize life's so short, then they actually will make time for you mm-hmm. and um, be there in the most difficult times of your life. I also definitely met new friends during my journey, which was so valuable and They're also very close to my heart. People I didn't even know at all that made contact
1: with me. And you know what comes up for me as well is not only is it this journey for you and you start to... Um, let go and allow people to help you but you're allowing other people to stretch themselves to think okay I'm going to take time out the next two and a half hours and I'm going to sit with Margaret and it's just a, such a giving and receiving experience for everyone there's so many gifts yes, in that so many
4: gifts That's a true. and to let your independence go was for me a, quite a big thing mm. because I, I like to do things on my own and carry on on my own but if you've got cancer you have to rely on your support and your friends
1: in your family. Mm. How is your health now, Margaret? Excuse me? How is your health now? How are you? Um, I'm 110%. Thank <laughs> you very much. Fantastic to hear that, Margaret, and, and as positive as you can possibly be. Let's talk about Donnie and um, how you got involved in um, this wonderful initiative, The 7 Drive. Yes. Um, so a few
4: years ago, I was at an event uh, in events, and I'm back in events now, but um, me and Donnie worked together quite often, and when we went for coffee after my whole experience, we chatted, and I told him that I would love to make a difference in small kids' lives, and he said to me, I don't have to worry, he'll think, about a, he'll think of a concept that we can execute yearly to, to gather money for kids fighting cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's when we came up with the 7-7 drives where they drive 7,000 kilometers in seven days. And the initial first 7-7 drives was seven different countries as well. And in the first year, we didn't really um, uh, get a lot of funds. So we did do it more for childhood cancer awareness and um, telling everyone the early warning signs because that was one of the things I picked up with Gemma. The fight was so hard and long because the doctors didn't diagnose her correctly in the first three months. And that's the thing with cancer. Three months is quite long.
1: Yeah, we. I mean, that's definitely been highlighted when we've discussed it in the past. Is the early detection and how very often um, children are misdiagnosed um, because they're children. So cancer is, you know, the the last diagnosis that they go to. I, I came across quite a frightening statistic: um, the reported worldwide incidence of childhood cancer. Um, and that it's increasing from 165,000 new cases annually to 215,000 cases for children. And that's for children fourteen years and younger, and it's about eighty five thousand new cases for uh, between fifteen and nineteen year olds. And and of course, many many of those cases are uncounted and unreported because of lack of cancer registries. And Donny was talking about going to a country like Lesotho, for example, where where AIDS is a huge problem and where children are dying, and they're putting it down to AIDS, and that in fact they they had the, they had cancer. How how do you deal with that challenge? when you're going around and, and trying to send out a message for early detection and you're going to places where, you know, cancer awareness is just not a priority at all.
4: Yes, it's quite a challenge to firstly get into those hospitals and get communication. And most of the times they do misdiagnose it as different diseases. But it is quite interesting that um, these days, after our last seven drive, seven it was more, the people were more aware of cancer and childhood cancer awareness.
1: Mm. Did you did you go to some of those hospitals or were you just organized? So,
4: Donnie is the, the guy who does the drive himself and the logistical and backup support. I arrange stuff with the hospitals and accommodation and stuff. So Donnie and them are the team that actually go and execute the whole seven-season drive.
1: Mm. I saw saw a wonderful video. Um, My producer Lee sent me some of the footage taken from some of the kids at the hospitals. And it's so, you know, these little kids dancing and listening to music and singing. And it's just, it's so heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time that these young kids have got cancer. It's just... You know, it's,
4: it's yes. Just an awesome, so the one thing awesome. I also notice, because I'm always there when they depart on their journey and return at the last hospital, the one thing I really notice is those kids are so excited and happy to actually do something small and to, to just talk to people. And they, they, when they get diagnosed, obviously the families need to keep on working. To be able to pay for the treatments and stuff, so they just be lying on the bed alone, keeping themselves busy so the The faces of the seven seven drive team definitely lightens up their day for, mm. for for maybe just a sm- short short while, but it does make a difference.
1: Mm. I love it. It's a wonderful initiative, Margaret. I hope that you're going to keep us updated. I mentioned to Donnie as well, please do. We love to cover these stories, um, and we just love to let our community know that, you know, this. it's just far-reaching. Everyone's desire to help and reach out is very strong and very much alive in in our community, in South Africa, in the world. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much, Margaret. It's really, really be wonderful having you on the show.
4: Thank you very much. We'll be back in 2018 with a bigger bed um, 775 and we'll definitely keep in contact.
1: Excellent. And here's to good health, Margaret. Do take care. One life live it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Margaret Pretorius, uh, breast cancer warrior. I'm just sharing her story, how her perfect life literally changed overnight when she was diagnosed, but how everything really shifted when she met little Gemma, um, and there this four-year-old girl fighting cancer, and so she it shifted from being about her to just how she could help. And I'm sure so many of you listening today, you being warriors, you can relate to that and you being supporters friends and and family members of those who are going along this journey so too are you going along the journey and please if you do have any stories that you'd like to share with us on the DL link we'd always love to hear your stories please do be in touch with the DL link on 011 485 3269 that information will be passed on to my wonderful producer Lee Wolf, because we're always trying to bring you those stories and those those insights and hopefully inspiring you at the same time we're going to continue with our last guest we're going to take a quick music break we'll be right back so please do stay locked onto 101.9 High fm
0: this is lifelinks with a dl link
1: Thanks so much for staying with us. My name is Nikki Seberini. I'm loving being with you on the DL Link show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. Of course, we know the DL Link show started all the way back in 2010 by the wonderful Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsula where they put their heads together after Michelle lost her daughter, Devorah Leia. Um, she lost her battle against cancer and after that and it was Devorah Leia who planted the seed and wanted her mom to start this incredible organization where it was more of a lifestyle, emotional, spiritual support for patients um, on the cancer journey as well as their family and their friends and they just fill a gap that is just very hard to describe it's kind of like the soul nurturing warm emotional most important space when people are on that journey um, so every week we bring you the show and we bring you the stories and hopefully we motivate you and hopefully we inspire you. Um, we spoke about the Jerusalem Marathon a little bit earlier I'm really hoping that you're inspired to get fit, you've got a few months to go, it's happening in March um, Jason was certainly inspirational. And really think about it Because to go on that trip to Jerusalem And to represent the DL link I can only imagine would be a life changing Experience So life changing experiences come in all different Forms right um, Our next guest um, is an Incredible volunteer she gives off her Time all the time um, And I'm sure that it was from a Life changing experience that she Decided to do it so she'll tell us a little bit More about it her name is Jennifer Cape she works in the children's oncology ward at the PE government hospital and she is a volunteer so Jennifer I start off by saying I admire you so greatly to volunteer um, and do something that you're passionate about welcome to the show lovely having you on to share your story Thank you
0: very much. Yeah, it's it's lovely to be
1: on. Thank you. So, Jennifer, I spoke about, you know, life-changing experiences, and we all have these life-changing experiences. Was it a life-changing experience that made you a volunteer, or has being a volunteer been a life-changing experience for you?
0: Um. I think I really got involved here because I have a heart for children mm-hmm. and a compassion for those who are suffering. Right. And so I guess it's the combination of the two, um, just the desire to help those who, who need a little bit of encouragement and upliftment that um, brought me to to this space. Um, yeah, I got um, a, a phone call from from the uh, paediatric oncologist and she was looking for somebody to do some counseling and encouragement here and that's how I came on board here. Mm.
1: So let's talk about when you first walk into a ward where you have children of different ages um, and they're fighting um, this, battling this this illness. You know, when you see children, you want to see them with flushed faces and giggling, filled with energy, running around and exploring. And you're seeing really um, a different scenario. What, what was that like for you? Um,
0: it's obviously very difficult. I think my most difficult uh, point was early on when I came in and there was a little five-year-old girl who was um, dying and I was trying to hold her, her mommy and and just be a support. But as I looked at this little girl, I she was five years old and um, she just had the same little features of my grandchild who is five or mm. well, was five at the time and um, I, just, I just said well I can't do this yeah. but, um, I, I'm a Christian and I said Lord I can't do this I want to run away myself and he just said you stay there and you hold them and I'll hold you. So I'm sure. still here. <laughs> sure. sure. So yes, there are very difficult moments in the journey, but I do know that there are people who really need the support and so I'll stay here.
1: Hmm. Are you there every single day, Jennifer?
0: Yes, uh, not all day. Mm. I'm not here all day, but I am in um, every day. Um Sometimes I even pop in maybe on a Saturday or Sunday over the weekend as well briefly, but yes, I am here
1: every day and and you you counsel you counsel the children, you counsel the parents, other family members is that what you do in the ward
0: i I counsel them i um children they are young all of our children are under the age of fourteen, so when you are um interacting with a child it is most um, it's probably easier to play with them to help them recognize their emotions and to deal with their emotions so I do a lot of play when it's with the children and yes counseling with the mom mm-hmm
1: you know in the past when I've spoken to people about children and cancer and so many adults say that children have a great way of accepting um, a situation and an explanation has that been your your experience um, how how do you handle a difficult topic like a, a life-threatening illness with with a young child do you go there do you talk about it or are you avoiding it How how do you cope with something like that
0: the children are incredibly perceptive. Mm. Even when I'm dealing with a child who's a uh, palliation stage, the child seems to know exactly what's going on. They might not voice it to their moms, to their parents, but they, as I interact with them, it becomes very apparent they are aware what's going on and even when I I, I play with the children when they first come in I play a game doctor doctor and we we draw pictures of where you're sick it's quite incredible how these children can pinpoint um, exactly where they are sick even to the point with one child um, she She drew a sort of a blob in her her tummy, and then there were dots going down her leg mm-hmm. and I said to her what 's that?" and she said to me, "No, the main sickness is in my tummy that 's the cancer, but it's oh, the, the, those little pieces it 's going down my leg and When I spoke to the doctor, it was absolutely true of what was happening sure. so they 're very perceptive. Mm.
1: And, and families, Jennifer, do you spend a lot of time with the families as well? That must also be quite challenging.
0: Um, we have our moms that sleep next to the bed, mm. so I interact with them and I chat to them. Um, I don't do a lot of uh, counseling of extended families. Uh, I, I have been to homes for a bit of palliation, um, encouragement for the children to to help them prepare um, but um, extended families no I don't really go into too much to siblings and you know through the through the extended family yeah I
1: see so tell me Jennifer, were you was your hospital did the seven drives come to 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 your oncology ward at all
0: Yes, they did. They came through, um, arrived quite late after a long long day of driving um, and came and blessed the the children. I've got photographs of smiling faces receiving toys. It was a great encouragement for them.
1: Uh, I was talking to Donnie just a little bit earlier and I just thought to myself, I imagine what it must look like having these exhausted dusty kind of weather-beaten men walking and some children looking and wondering what it is but certainly adventurous i mean that must be a pr- pretty exciting visit
0: i think so i think you know a lot of our children um because of the treatment they are immunodeficient so they don't have visitors it's a bit like an icu unit yeah. you know where it's it's like mom and dad and that's it. So okay. you don't really have too many visitors. Aww. So um, life can be boring. Um, and in the boringness can be quite depressing as well with the, the difficulties of the journey, the hardships, the pain. So to have a visit like that, I think they were they were very pleasantly surprised <laughs> and you know, it was lovely for them. Okay. Well, thank
1: you. Lovely, lovely. Jennifer, just for anyone who's listening um, what's involved if people want to volunteer um, within a oncology ward? Is it is it open to the public? Do you welcome volunteers? We have had a few
0: volunteers in the past. Um, in fact, we still do have volunteers that come in. Um, some of them have been a uh, very short term. Mm-hmm. And so at this stage, we really like to chat to volunteers beforehand in order to see whether they can cope with the difficulties of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, they, You know, children build relationship with somebody that comes in and then suddenly um, that person doesn't come in any longer yeah. uh, and it becomes a little bit of a disappointment mm-hmm. for the child. Yeah, because understand. in this particular ward, we have very much... Um, a kind of family vibe, we like to build relationships with the children, and we love to to sort of really put into their lives quite holistically mm-hmm. so it 's not just um, it 's not just the, the the medical side of things and the the counseling and the encouragement and mm-hmm. the emotional spiritual encouragement but um, we also are concerned about educational um, aspects so we, in fact, are looking for a teacher to who, who is able to come in during the week to commit to long-term, who maybe has the right heart to cope with the, the difficulties and seeing very, very sick children. So, yeah, it is. It, we, we do look for volunteers, but um, because of the situation, we need to be quite selective yep. of people who are able to cope with it.
1: Mm, I can absolutely understand that you... Wanna make sure that the person you're introducing to those kids is committed and can deal with it, as you've said. I hear that, I hear yes. that. So so if anyone is listening or if anyone who, who is listening who's interested or who knows someone in P E in terms of um education, maybe you can give us a contact number, Jennifer. I think it would be Wonderful to get someone coming in and and helping with that.
0: Well, they can always find me. My name's Jen and it's double nine oh seven.
1: Fantastic. Jen, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Um, And just, uh, uh, as I said, I have tremendous amount of respect for someone who works with kids the way that you do. And thank you for sharing your story. Lovely having you on the show. Thank you so much. So well, thank you. Jennifer Cape, thank who, you. who is a volunteer at the Children's Oncology Ward, PE Government Hospital, listening to that. Um, so many of us are sitting here thinking, oh, I want to do something. I want to do. I want to help. I want to be able to. Well, you know, the DL link are always looking for volunteers. You can always reach him on 11 485 It's All about the giving, all about the giving. And listen, if you do know anyone, if anyone in PE is listening to this or if you know of anyone who lives in PE and they're in education, um, you've got all of these children. They're sitting there um, and they they need to be educated and they need to be stimulated. Wouldn't it be lovely if we were able to contact someone there, if you knew someone and we could start something happening at that uh, oncology ward at the PE government hospital. So just jot down the number if anyone comes to mind. Um, they can call Jennifer Cape, the number zero seven four. 514 9907 7 9907 Well, time certainly flies when you are listening to people's stories and you're being inspired. I hope that you have been inspired. And I think what I got out of today's show is just do it, do it. Whether you're running a Jerusalem Marathon, where you're driving um, for kids' awareness, uh, cancer awareness, whether you're volunteering – just do something. You don't always have to be giving the money. You can just give a little bit of your time if you have it. Ah, Thank you so much for joining me. I have really, really loved being with you. 2018 is going to be a magnificent year. I feel it in my bones. From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, you take care. Goodbye.